Good morning, Dakarelli Daily followers, fans, um, people who are annoyed by us. Annoyed by you. <laughs> You're not going to put yourself into that category. I mean, it can be annoying too. Oh, you know, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are pretty annoying most days here. Most days. That's what my wife says. You're listening to the Climb Dakar Rally Daily Show brought to you by Cycle News, brought to you by a bunch of cool people. We're going to list them all off right now. Do you know who they are? I do. Number list one. them off. This is a test. Climb. Climb yeah. is always taking care of us. They've been uh, on board as a sponsor since the beginning. Uh, you know, we love it. Best, uh, Some of the best riding gear out there. Most durable, hard enduro, rally type gear. Very, very much so. Climb's always crushing it for us. Um, we also have uh, Rally Navigator there. We've talked about Rally Navigator a lot. If you don't know what it is, please go to rallynavigator.com and check it out. You will start understanding what these guys are looking at every day as they're racing because that's how you make it is in Rally Navigator. Yep. Get on there, log in, create an account, and you can start building your own roadbooks. You can see what these guys are looking at every day when they're navigating across the desert and all the little notes and things that you probably won't understand at first. <laughs> you can be as confused as Jesse, which isn't, isn't like a lot of people don't understand how confused I am every day. So you can get into my world a little bit. The first time you look at that. Perfect. <laughs> um, a moto minded, the guys that make a really cool engineered functional products that are simple and smart for your bike. They're going to team up with our boys at Ruby moto and give us a headlight kit, which I've had a couple of the moto minded headlight kits on my EXCs and those kind of bikes. And they're just awesome. It's like the easiest way to plug and play a nice led off-road worthy light into your stock dual sport bike. Yeah. It's the only way to go for, for dual sport type, you know, lighting and, and off-road lighting. It's, you know, the, the, the lights have come so far in the, in recent years and the LEDs just, they use such little power and, and they're so bright. It's, it's really changed the game over the last 10 years. Yeah. Gone are the days where you have to modify your stator and find some horsepower in your ignition system to power a light, which is a relevant topic today. Yes. We'll talk about staters a little later. <laughs> staters is a very irrelevant topic today. Um, so thanks for those guys, Ruby Moto, yep. Moto Minded, they're kind of they're kind of teaming up because they're complementary products there. That's right. And Taco Moto. Oh, geez. speaking of speaking of dual sport, speaking of complementary, two of my favorite things: tacos and moto in one company. I yes. love it. So Taco Moto is crushing it. Anything you need for for your dual sport bike, you know, set up your KTM, you know, five hundred, three fifty, they will dial you in. I like it because he's got little things too. It's not just you know he's not just selling the big high dollar stuff. He's got the little things. And again, moto minded sell stuff through him, like the little bomber switches that clean up your switches on your bike. Um, yep. Handlebar switches, all kinds of cool stuff, all kinds of stuff. Plus he's pretty smart. If you want to talk about things for your bike, you can just call Mike. He'll tell you what's up. We got giant loop on board. They got some good luggage. We got fast company on board that makes cool bars that both Quinn and I like. Yes. So. I, I enjoy the flex bars. They make my, uh, my riding better for sure more comfortable. They don't, they don't make my writing better, but they make me more comfortable. Yes. Yes. He says, yes. Like there's it's, no way your writing could get better. Difficult to make your writing better because it's already so point. good. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. peeking out. Okay. I'm peeking out. Yeah. All right. Today on the yeah. show, uh, stage seven was canceled. So there's no racing today. Technically. Uh, I guess every day's a race, no matter what's happening out at the Dakar rally. 
but no actual timed special tests today. They did have a 500 plus kilometer liaison to ride from bivouac to bivouac. So Quinn, why was the stage canceled today? We talked yesterday. We thought it was going to go off, but later in the day it got canceled. Yeah, we kind of we kind of had a, a little bit of a intuition that this something might happen today because yesterday's stage was completely turned on its head. Basically, the <laughs> yeah. the bivouac that they were supposed to go to was flooded, so they had to move them to a different bivouac, which was another three hundred plus kilometers down the road in a in a different town. So the guys came to the finish of the stage. They had to ride another 300 kilometers in the rain, in the cold to get to this bivouac. Uh, a lot of them have struggled finding the bivouac because the directions weren't super clear. So they ended up getting in late. Um, it was a tough stage, a long stage yesterday. I think that there was over 900 kilometers that they had to ride. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the riders that were further back in the field ended up getting in really late, like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 2 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. So the ASO made the call, which, which I agree with, to, to go ahead and cancel the special stage today and just put in a 387-kilometer liaison to what is the marathon bivouac today. Right. And then they, they jumped the marathon up a stage or switched it around, too, because of all that mess-up stuff. Um, the, the marathons generally are race day, marathon, race day. And that's not going to work out this year, but it kind of works out because they didn't have much of a choice. They had to cancel this stage for the bikes only, the cars, the trucks, uh, the side-by-sides, everybody else raced today on the modified course that they kind of made up today, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think those guys, obviously it's a little easier on your body to be in a car and and the cold Mm -hmm. isn't as big of a factor. So I I think the the main thing was the cold and the rain and and all the bikes got wet and cold and you could just see the exhaustion in all their faces. And so I think Nobody disagreed with canceling the stage today. Yeah. There will be people out there that are wondering why a race is canceled when it's a raceable thing. Like the cars and stuff are out there racing. You know, did people sign up for a challenge? Why, why give them a free day? What do you say to those, uh, those people out there? I'm not one of those people. Like I understand. I saw every, every rider came in wearing garbage bags. Like I saw Matthias Faulkner on a factory K team. You don't get on a, you don't get on a more expensive team. Right. <laughs> he had garbage bags on his legs. Yeah. So the factory guys got to the got to the finish of the stage before all of their gear. So so there's a truck that transports your gear from the start line. So you wear you wear warm weather gear to the uh, to the start of the special, mm-hmm. and you stuff it in a in a bag, and then the organization will transport it port it to the end of the stage, and then you can put your warm gear on again and continue on. Well the mm-hmm the leaders got there ahead of the truck and the truck basically never made it for those guys. And so it's either you wait around or you start riding. So they all started riding and it started raining, got cold. So guys were, you know, taping trash bags to themselves, doing whatever mm-hmm. they could to stay dry. And that was because the whole day got chaotic cause they had to reroute the service route basically to get to yep. this new bivouac. I mean, originally planned after they're done racing 150 K, which is a big liaison anyway to get to the bivouac. They just doubled it. Took them 150 miles now to get to the new bivouac that was yep. out there in the boonies. So they really kind of just pulled one for the for the working man out there and said, "Listen, we're going to cancel the stage. You still got to ride, you know, 300 miles." 
to get to the next stage. And yeah. then you get a no service bivouac tonight. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're sleeping in some tents that are, that are, um, kind of temporary tents. It sounded like they were maybe going to sleep in their own personal tents, but now they put everybody up kind of, you know, in like rooms. Yeah. In a, in a big one, big tent, like a mess tent or something. Yeah. Like a big dormitory. Yep. But they're all sleeping on the floor. Yeah. So, you know, it's, huh. it's going to shake things out and Definitely some guys I think are more adaptable and can maybe get better sleep. And I think we're going to see who operates at a high enough level when they're depleted. And that's going to be, that'll be interesting for tomorrow's stage eight. Yeah. It's less comfortable for the top guys, but, and then the next day's rest day. So stage eight's the last day before the rest day. And that's going to be somewhere where you, you want to get to rest day safely in a good position maybe not risk too much. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of the top guys just kind of riding through tomorrow's stage and getting, getting into the rest day. And then, you know, the race really starts to begin after rest day. Uh, we, we head into the empty quarter after rest day. So there's some, some big dunes. The real, the real stuff is going to happen after rest day. Big time suck coming up here after rest day. Speaking of sucking out time, our fan favorite, Paul Neff was out. All night last night. Didn't sleep at all. We we didn't know if he was going to make it at the end of the show yesterday. And we were following him basically all day yesterday. Social media, contacts, text groups, uh, reaching out to everybody we know over there to see how he's doing. And the guy just worked on his bike all night yeah. long in the desert. The stage yesterday basically took Paul 24 hours. So he was out there from 4 a.m., to 4 a.m. He finally got back into the bivouac. Um, you know, he was having a charging system problem, electrical problems, and ended up somehow, you know, getting the bike to run. And, and you know, I think he was, he was struggling along, had to stop every hour, and, and the bike would die, and he'd get it going again. And so he got in, you know, got, got, a, got some parts from the KTM customer truck and got the thing fixed and was able to roll out today. What a wild, wild, wild adventure. We're going to hear from Paul, hopefully, if he, if he, we've been pinging him like crazy trying to get an update, but we are also being, I mean, we don't, mildly we respectful don't of his time for, for, for ignoring not. us. <laughs> yeah, we don't blame him. Yeah, he had a big, big night, big 24 hours. But, he went for a full day ride. So, yeah, uh, no, full day ride plus because he was out on that stage for 24 <laughs> hours, never went to sleep, got his bike going, then got back on the bike and rode 387 kilometers to the marathon bivouac tonight and so that's 20 like 36 hours or something that, that paul neff had been basically operating <laughs> that's terrible i feel bad for him but i'm also optimistic that he's such a positive dude and he's so resourceful that he's probably going to give us something entertaining today to talk to if he talks to us i hope he does yeah, um i also sure. hope that he's just resting <laughs> yeah he, he needs rest yeah everybody so, else everybody else also kind of catching up on some rest maybe today after that grueling day. Do you think we could try to get a hold of anybody live on air? So, you know, we're going to try and give Larry Klein a call, Mason's dad, because Larry is really our our only guy that's left in the Motorhome World Championships. Yeah, since. that's true. We don't have a lot of Motorhome updates this year because, you know, Johnny's, Johnny's on his way home. We don't have Kendall running shotgun. We thought yep. there was going to be a big motorhome race this year between all the Americans driving motorhomes, but we're going to call him and just see if we can get an update from Larry. Let's see if we can get Saudi on the line. 
see if it works. Phone connection to Savvy. Ooh, it's ringing. We're ringing. Please leave a brief message. Oh. I will be returning on the 18th of this month. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm well, not going to leave a message for Larry. We won't leave a message. We tried. He might call back. If yes. you hear a strange beeping sound coming in to our headsets, that's Larry calling us back. Very um, cool. We did. So I think we, you know, we should, we should kind of do a little recap of, of what's happened so far. Yeah. It's almost general classification is looking like, because, uh, you know, it's pretty, uh, we've got some pretty uh, big news in the general here. I mean, we have our American Skylar Howes leading, leading the rally overall. Yeah. He's in a great spot and he's ridden really well. I mean, crushing it, taking advantage of the time bonuses that we talked about yesterday not making big mistakes. If he does make a mistake, it's, you know, a minute here and there. It's not those big 20 minute mistakes or he's, he's dodged the gremlins that are out there at Dakar. Yeah. So far, I think he had, he had one pretty good crash on, I think stage five, but, uh, other than that, you know, he's avoided, he's avoided trouble. He didn't really lose any time from that. It's tight though. You know, Toby Bryce is right behind him, like two minutes behind him in the general ranking. Yeah. And, and Toby's, Toby's dangerous in this uh, in this position because he's he's just kind of sitting right there. He he hasn't won a true stage yet. He won the prologue, but then he's just been sitting back in about you know fourth and fifth every single day. Yeah, he's the consistent king out here, just crushing it and yeah. waiting to pounce like a carnivorous kangaroo. Somebody sent us sent us a message that kangaroos are carnivorous. Yeah, kangaroo, kangaroos are weird, man. I thought they were just like Australian deer. Yeah, I think they, they're like rats. They call them. They <laughs> Ooh, big jumping rats that yeah. can just devour anything. Yeah. Resourceful. Just eat anything. Survivors. Sounds like Toby Price. Not the rat part, but the survivor part. <laughs> uh, teammate to Toby behind him, seven minutes out of the lead, Kevin Benavides. Um, ben let me down on fantasy picks, but... His race results do not lie. Yeah. Kevin's been super consistent. He's really like just kind of hanging in there. Same, same as, uh, same as Toby. And, you know, he's a little bit further back, but also he's, he's dangerous. He's got the speed and he's got the experience. Former, former Dakar champion. Yeah. Winner, winner Dakar in seven minutes coming up in this empty quarter with big dunes that can evaporate between two checkpoints easily. You know, you can lose 20, 30 minutes a stage with with a small mistake and getting lost yeah the big the big dunes are, are really where this race is going to be decided this year and you know we've been we've been on and off of tracks and roads and so the early stages were more of a road race and mm-hmm. you know you don't see as big of swings in the road road races and now we've been going into some mixed stuff so we've been getting into some some good sized dunes and things start to spread out a little bit more and we start having bigger time gaps um but after rest day is when it's really going to get serious. Yeah, the consequences just kind of elevate. And then um, third and fourth are almost neck and neck. We're talking like 20 seconds between <laughs> Kevin Benavides and Adrian Van Beveren on the first Honda factory bike. So uh, great ride by Adrian in the first year in his Honda. It's his best position in Dakar in a few years. Yeah. I mean, Adrian's solid on the new team and, you know, we'll see. I mean, he's he's always been kind of up there, but we just haven't seen you know, a, a real overall performance from him. So hopefully this is, this is his year. Oh, we told you 
We told you that might happen. It's Larry calling Larry us. Klein's calling back. Here we go. Hey, Larry, can you hear us? Yeah, no, I can hear you. Oh, there he is. Hey, Larry, Perfect. Jesse, and Quinn. What's happening? Not much. Just sitting here doing nothing now. Are the boys out at the marathon, yeah. so you're just you're just hanging. You got the motorhome to yourself tonight. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Uh, cleaned up, cleaned up the mess in here, and then hung out with the crew from Bath. Helped them clean up and kind of re reorganize. You know, every night's a, a storm. You know what I mean? Like pouring up and. They get to go to bed around two and then sleep in for a while in the morning if we're not moving and then do it all over again. Yeah. Sound, it sounds like a grueling operation for, for you guys too. What's, um, so you got, you had a big, a big, uh, transfer stage yesterday. You had to drive uh, a long way and, and it seemed like the weather wasn't too good either. How, how was that getting to the, to the Riata bivouac? Yeah, I was, Pretty gnarly. Uh, just after we saw him from the finish, I basically waited alongside the freeway for Mason to get on because it was starting to, to rain. So I figured, you know, I'd drive behind them from, from the transfer and, uh, for the most part, riding on these freeways and the roads here is insane. Just, uh, you know, they'll make a two-lane highway into a five-lane. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, if you're not going fast enough, they're coming by one way or another. Wow. So, yeah, the distance, I felt, I felt so bad for all the riders that didn't get jackets because a lot of the first guys up. Uh, well, the bigger teams they had had the ability to get some jackets on, but uh, the truck with everybody's gear showed up late. Mm-hmm. And then you had riders that were out, and the truck left. So by the time they finished. They didn't have jackets to ride back and sucks. <laughs> raining and cold and just, I guess, pretty much wore everybody out. And then, then we got the news that they were going to cancel the stage. So kind of bummed Mason out a little bit. I think, I think that was a little happy, but a little bummed because he felt he could make some time up these next two days with, uh, the section's not having so much dunes. Yeah. So how, how's Mason doing, doing physically? I mean, I know you're, you're kind of keeping food in him and keeping him, keeping him going there. How's he, how's he looking so far? I mean, he's had a, an outstanding rally so far. Yeah, I know he's, he's doing good as far as fatigue goes. He came in yesterday a little bit sore. He, uh, had a couple get offs and uh, basically just lawn darted into the face of the dune, sunk the bike, and uh, 
was a little bit aches and now he lost some time. But it took him a minute to get going again. And then Skyler were riding together and pushing pretty hard. And he said it got to the point where they were really going and that's when he fell. And then after that he's like, hey, you know what, I'm not even gonna try to keep up with him. He said he's just in the dunes. Skyler really moves. So he backed off after that and then not quite sure what happened with the, the second time he went down. He really couldn't explain it. Didn't wanna didn't wanna explain it either way. <laughs> but uh he he basically woke up this morning and said, you know, I'm gonna go see the physio and see if he can work work my neck and my back a little bit. So he was in there for about an hour. Mm. And came and ate some breakfast. But other than that, I think he's he's doing all right. You know, let's see see how it is tomorrow being away. Got a big big slumber party with buddies. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it looks like they're all stacked up and they're pretty tight. You know, he's he's putting in really strong results leading out. Um, do you think that's going to continue as he goes forward, or do you think he's going to start playing a more conservative approach in the dunes and try to try to key off those other guys and maybe some of that terrain that he's not quite as comfortable leading out in? Yeah, as far as the dunes go, constantly saying I need more training in the dunes and practice. So he's not real, you know, mentally he's scared of him, I guess. You know, he doesn't but as far as if he had to open, he does really well. He doesn't need a road. He doesn't need any of that. As long as his equipment works, he's going to be fine there. Job is he's probably going to ride a little bit slower than normal in the dune because he doesn't want to go off any drop offs. Like the the other day, he said just the stuff that you came up on so quick just dropped out from underneath you. Just the way everything was was rolling, you know, the dunes just dropped. So yeah, that's... a little bit. You know, he doesn't want to break an ankle. He doesn't want to break his back. He's, how yeah. many of his friends are already out of the valley because of that? And, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. back a little bit. I'm not sure. You, you know, getting a finish and getting, you know, getting past the rest days is, is important for sure. It's a big challenge. Well, we, we really appreciate, you know, uh, you getting on the phone with us, Larry, and, and also your, your updates, uh, on Instagram are super cool. We love the videos in the morning of the guys leaving and, and any, any behind the scenes stuff. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, we really appreciate you, you, uh, being there and, and sending all this stuff to us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. All right, Larry, well get, get some rest and, uh, enjoy your, your day off. <laughs> quotes, air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And don't and right on, guys. Don't let any of those other guys in those motorhomes beat you to the bivouac. You're in your own race, and we're rooting for you out there. We know you you have what it takes to get to the end <laughs> and to be the leader of the bivouac challenge in the motorhome class. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're the top American. You're the last American driving motorhomes, so we need you to represent. Yep. No, standing. Yeah. <laughs> 
cool. All right. Thanks, man. Right. Yeah, I really appreciate you it. guys want something, I can try to give you a call. All right. Perfect. Have a good evening. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Later. He sounds he sounds a little tired. Yeah. Maybe he's got some of that, you know, fatigue going in, ready for a rest day, so he can, you know, he's probably more like just like stress. That's what would wear me out the most. Yeah, I mean, your kids out there racing in the Dakar, and you know, guys are going out every day, getting hauled away in helicopters, and you know, you've got a, your twenty one year old kid. Oh, I would be so nervous. Yeah, it's, it's insane, and you know, these these guys also they're up. It's not easy. I, th- I think it's almost harder on the service crews than it is on the riders sometimes. Yeah. They they're don't... up till two, three in the morning, you know, organizing stuff, working on stuff. And then maybe they get in, get a little bit of sleep, but you know, it's a three thirty AM wake up call every morning. And so Larry's up with Mason, he's getting him breakfast. He's getting, you know, making sure he's got all his gear together yeah. and getting him out the door. Yeah. And then he's got to get in the motorhome and drive four or 500 kilometers, sometimes four or 500 miles sounds like it's just a free-for-all out there on the freeways too we we heard from skyler earlier he's like the drivers here are crazy but like just getting past yeah. <laughs> larry said he's getting past like crazy out there sounds sketchy super sketchy and you have to add to it you have all the race traffic so you have all the big service trucks all the motorhomes, everything else and, right and, you know including the local traffic so it's it's an insane place to be back to the overall results with mason he's in seventh place overall after the stage and 12 minutes, 12 and a half, almost 13 minutes, like super tight. Yeah. Super tight racing. No, I mean, he's, you know, he's hanging in there and, and Mason, if, if he makes it to rest day clean without, without a big mistake, then that's already, that's already a win for him. I mean, he's got a stage win. He's been leading the rally. He's been leading out day after day, collecting bonus points. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's a solid rally for him. Yeah, he's gonna already he's already on everybody's radar for you know a, a paid position at a team, and I'm sure this is cementing that as long as he's consistent and keeps his head on his shoulders, like he said. We did jump a couple guys. We we jumped over fifth place, Joan Bereda, sixth place, Pablo Quintanilla, like three Hondas in a row. There, they're all within two minutes of each other, or five minutes of each other, um, but really in that 12 minute from the lead section so i mean it's anybody's race for sure yeah absolutely you know john beretta he's been showing a, a really you know kind of a consistent ride this year he did he did get a stage win um but he also he's got a broken toe he yeah he crashed in the dunes knocked himself silly it sounds like so he's probably dealing with a little bit of a concussion um but that's that's kind of normal for beretta and mm. and in, in some ways that almost makes him better because he's he's toned down a notch and he's taking it a little more conservative mm-hmm. gotcha and yep. i think he's he's his own worst enemy really he, you know in in past rallies he would go out and win stages just by these massive time gaps and then the next day he would drop massive time again and so it was this huge swing this inconsistency and we've seen a different john beretta this year yeah it'd be interesting to see if he can pull together some of those wins back to back without the time loss and that'll really vault him up into these rankings um mason like we said was in seventh daniel sanders in eighth after his rough day from you know being sick but he's still under 20 minutes he's in that 20 minute window uh in eighth place ninth is nacho corneo he's 20 minutes and 50 seconds out so you know and then top 10 luciano benavides yesterday's stage winner he's 24 minutes out so 25 minutes 
covering first through 10th place at the Dakar rally almost before rest day, probably similar standing at rest day, which is really tight race. Yeah. And, and like I said before, after rest day, we go into the empty quarter and we're going to start seeing big dunes. And so I think the swings are going to start getting bigger mm-hmm. and you know, the bonus points are going to be less, um, less of a, a safety so it's going to they be won't kind of, affect the race as much as they did in the first part. Probably well, it's going to be easier for the guys who start in the back to really make up time. Mm-hmm. Bigger so, time than that five minutes you can get with bonus will protect you from. Exactly. Gotcha. But you know, I mean, still Luciano, uh, Nacho, and and Sanders are, yeah. are all right there. Sanders is is the dangerous one. You know, he's got the speed to to win massive stage, and he's so fast in the in the sand. That yeah, you know, he's the right. guy that that they all kind of worry about, mm, but it gotcha. just comes down to to fitness, to you know the health of his body, his arm, um, you know, staying out of trouble, basically staying out of trouble. In, in that trouble could be getting food poisoning. You never know what it's going to be at this race, or it could be freezing on a liaison, or it could be crashing in a liaison that hit him last year. Like it's not a safe place out there anywhere, as you can hear from the guys. You know, even the motorhome guys are like, this is not safe here. This is sketchy. Everything is sketchy. Yeah. In, in 2022, I think Daniel Sanders won two or three stages in the beginning and then crashed in, in a liaison stage and broke his elbow. And in a town. the end of it. And yeah. That, that really has taken him out of the, the whole last year, and he almost didn't make this Dakar. Yeah. And, and also Skyler's stuff yesterday talking about, you know, just the locals on the course coming at you, you know, the last 10, 20 kilometers of the race course, not... Not the liaison, there's people just out there coming at you. So, so many variables and it, it (laughs) makes it so difficult to, to predict what's going to happen the next day. Yeah. When your race is two weeks long and covering the entire width of a massive country, a lot of crap's going to go down. Um, we got some quotes coming in They're There's trickling in. You might be hearing some dings in the background as we get some voice notes. Let's get back to the, the main story today in our opinion, and for our listeners, Paul Neff. Where's Paul? Where is Paul? Paul, where are you? We were screaming all day yesterday. Well, we found him. Paul's yeah. back. I mean, we have we have literally been tracking Paul all day and all night, and we've been on text threads, and we've been trying to figure out where Paul is, <laughs> if he made it to the bivouac, if they're going to allow him to start again. And, you know, basically... They they let him start again. Yeah. He got his bike working. So we're gonna we're gonna try to get a quote queued up from Paul right now. Yeah. It, remember people, like Paul was in a race yesterday, didn't know it was gonna be canceled the next day, was working his ass off <laughs> to get to that stage because he thought the start time was at four AM the next day. Like he had no information. He's out in the desert. So we're yeah. gonna hear from Paul here in a second. Let's queue him up. Hey guys, it's it's Paul. I know I've uh, I've ghosted you for a couple days now, but I've been a little busy. Uh, my rally has gone very uh, chaotic all of a sudden. I had a severe bike problem yesterday. The days are blurring together at this point, but I think it was yesterday, stage six. After neutralization, I. Uh, my fuel pumps wouldn't turn on and uh so i ended up spending hours jumping 
all possible situations like uh, to figure out what the failure point was and uh, I spent the, I was spent stuck in the dunes until like 11 p.m. and uh, got my bike out to the a road and then I missed a bunch of yeah, three waypoints I heard and I, I was pretty sure my rally was over but uh, then I, I a dude in a Land Rover would help me charge my battery and I rode uh, 350 kilometers in the rain with no jacket at night with no headlight or taillight and uh, I could ride for an hour and my battery would go dead and uh, just repeat that all the way back to the bivouac. I got to the bivouac at about I think 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning so it was a full 24 hour situation um, I went to the officials and talked to the gal and she turned my time card in and they gave me a time card today and she said I was good, I will just have penalties. But now I'm not showing up on the results so I'm a little unclear. I also left my phone at the other bivouac so I'm talking on Jacob's phone. So everything is just crazy. After I got the okay, we're still in the, in the race. We took my bike apart at the original by Motul to figure out what the culprit was. And uh, the stator had came unbolted and, and broke the bolts. And I needed a new stator, new flywheel, new cover, the works. And I changed that this morning before our 10 a.m. liaison. We had to ride 500K today. And I changed that with the some verbal assistance from Husqvarna mechanic, Bart from Bass, and one of the original by Motul mechanics. And uh, my bike is back in action, good to go, charging and working like it should. So such a crazy problem, it's it's a bummer, but I'm, I'm really not that bummed because I, uh, I just worked my ass off to stay in this race and there was no nothing more I could do, so. How can I be bummed if I gave it 150%? So I'm just about to lay down on this yoga mat thing and go to sleep for the first time in quite some time. And uh, I'm really tired and it's been an adventure, but I'm not giving up. So I think that's uh, a good takeaway from it. And uh, yeah, that's about it. A little bit more, uh, a little more tired message than uh, my normal self, but I guess Dakar will do that to you. So thanks, guys. What a legend! Wow, never, never give up. That's the that's the moral of that story. What a legend! This guy's like a motivational speaker. <laughs> Paul is crushing it. Yes, riding three hundred plus kilometers in the rain, in the dark at like three no in the morning. Three in no the morning. Tail light, riding all night long. In a country battery that... dying every hour, bike shutting off, <laughs> getting jump started by a Land Rover. I am so proud of that guy. Yeah, it, it that he's shows making me proud. Incredible, incredible spirit there. What a what a tough dude. And you know, if you if you follow Paul on Instagram, you can see he's he's a big boy. He's built like a lumberjack, and he he gives 
he gives it all. It's, this is really, uh, really inspirational. There's no quit in this guy. Nope. Love it. No nope. quit. He, so, he's so positive and, and pumped, like it, making me pumped. I should say he's probably not pumped. He's sleeping on a yoga mat in a tent with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So the whole breakdown on that, his bike broke down on the stage. Yeah. Sounds like the bolts backed out on the stator mm-hmm. and the stator came loose inside the ignition and was bouncing off the flywheel and, and basically killed his charging system with, without a charging system, the bike will only run on battery power until the battery dies and then it shuts off. And it's got fuel pumps in the front, fuel pump in the back. It's got a headlight. It's got a navigation tower. You have to power like these things aren't, you know, motocross bikes. There's a lot of wires on, on a rally bike and a lot of, a lot going on. And and so finding your point of failure first is, is really difficult. Then just a maze of options, but I guess you got to start at the, (laughs) start at the charging. So sounds like you got it in, you know, three 30 in the morning. Um, you know, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to start, got the thumbs up and then went to work on the bike. And, and from the reports I'm getting from the bivouac is that he, he started going, the officials were there, they were watching, they were making sure everything was done right. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the guys from the, from the bass team were, were bringing him parts, shuttling parts back and forth. Paul was tearing into it. They were coaching him on what to do, change the stator, the flywheel, probably some of the wire harness. Mm-hmm. Um, got the thing running. I think he, at the last second took off to make his start time and he still had to make this 10, 24 start time or whatever, whatever, whatever they assigned his position as his start time. Like, like Sandra Gomez got bit, yep. um, yesterday didn't make that start time and she got She's yanked out. out of the stage. Yeah. Yep. So after all that, if you don't make your start time, yeah, still rule. But you but said that at the last second, they were realized he didn't put fuel in his bike. Oh God. So he had to circle back, run in, <laughs> find some dump gas. fuel in, in his bike, then get to the, then get to the start. That's understandable why you would forget that. But you said he, he had people watching him because in, in the original by multiple class, he's not allowed outside assistance to work on his stuff. Correct. Yeah. So original by Motul, you're only really allowed assistance from another competitor. And so you have to do everything yourself. And when you're in the bivouac, you're, you're under scrutiny basically. And, and, mm. He's like the last guy. Um, they're kind of keeping their eye on him. You know, he's already kind of on the bubble on whether they're going to let him start again because he had such a and nobody else is. Day. There's no other competitors left to help him. They're all gone. Yeah, those guys have already head out <laughs> long ago. So the Solo. officials were there. They were watching, making sure that everything was done correctly. Nobody was helping him. You know, they can bring him parts. They just can't touch the bike. Yeah, they can tell him what to do, hand him stuff, but they can't touch the bike. It's kind of like ISDE impound or the, the work time after the ISDE. They can hand you tools. They can give you advice, but if they touch the bike, you're you're in trouble. Yep. Wow. So, wow. In- wow. Incredible story. Uh, results be damned. He's not too worried about it, but it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of this with penalties in that class and just see how it shakes up. It doesn't really matter. He's in it to finish for yeah, sure. And, and this, the, just the snowball effect down the road, you know, it's, it's hard now. He's, he's starting dead last tomorrow. So mm-hmm. he's back with the quads. He's, you know, so, and he's still got another day to go to get to the rest day. And as you know, like if you have one of these terrible days, it's not the next day that really feels bad. It's like two days later and you're like, wow, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Yep poor guy well it's uh it'll be an interesting story to follow for the rest of the rally for sure and and let's hope he he gets in gets through tomorrow smooth and he can get to rest day and kind of regroup yeah thanks again 
Paul, you're a rock star and a champion and a legend for giving us these updates all the time. And we really appreciate um, you giving us the insight when you're so exhausted after you know 30 plus hours of no sleep. Yeah. And also he, I think he mentioned that, but he left his phone at the other bivouac because he was in such a whirlwind. So actually Jake Augebright recorded that for us <laughs> yeah. laying yeah. next to him in the marathon bivouac. Yeah. We have a Dakar Rally Daily correspondent. Jake Argerbright is bringing you these quotes, which I think he's sending us a quote too. Um, before we get to that, we should talk with uh, race overall general classification leader, Skyler, I think though. Yes. See what his couple of days have been like and what his take is on this whole bivouac situation. Here's a quote from Skyler that just sent us over. Yo, uh, so I'm sitting here in a giant tent with all the other GP riders. Just laying down on a mattress on the floor. It's pretty sweet. Uh, they updated the schedule a little bit um, since bivouacs are flooded out and we got super long liaisons and all types of stuff happening now. They made a marathon stage randomly. So, uh, well, it's not really a marathon stage. We got our bike serviced and everything. And then they canceled stage seven for the bikes because so many dudes were coming in super late at night, freezing cold on the Mali Moto guys haven't slept in like two days, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty tough on a lot of the guys. Obviously we're ready to race, but, uh, it's not just us out there. There's a lot of other guys and already like super hard and dangerous as it is so they don't want people stuck out there in the middle of the desert freezing in the rain so we uh did 500 kilometers of liaison to get into the uh bivouac here um which is a long day in the saddle uh just riding on the highway me and toby were riding together we went to pass a semi truck and a car passed us doing like 200 kilometers an hour and about cleaned us out like literally needed a new pair of shorts after that one it was super sketchy but uh yeah anyways like i said nothing too exciting today just a liaison um but we start stage eight tomorrow um everything is still super wet out here it's rained a, a crazy amount so uh we get more soil uh, a little bit less dunes and more difficult navigation tomorrow. So we'll see how she goes. Me and Luciano are leading out. So, uh, gonna have to keep our head on our shoulders. All right. See you guys. Lots to think about for the stages coming up. Yep. Very cool. And, and very sketchy. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, Gosh. even though there wasn't a real race day, it, there's plenty of things to take you out on the way, plenty obviously. Of, plenty of danger. Just like, uh, Larry was talking about people don't yep. drive safely and almost took out the top two finishers of the Dakar rally. Some dude yeah. pinning it and no motorhomes tonight for Skylar and the boys. They got to get down in the trenches with the poor people. Yeah. Well, maybe this will level the playing field a little bit. Let's maybe, see. maybe, Let's maybe it will see one of these Malimoto guys up front tomorrow. That would be cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, who else should we talk to today? So we, it's a lot of people. Got, we got Mason. We got oh, a yeah. little quote from Mason. I think we can uh, get him on the line here. Yeah, let's hear from Mason. See how he's feeling after this stage. His dad said he was a little disappointed maybe that the race was canceled, but probably like not that disappointed. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Mason here at the Marathon Bivouac where things are pretty crazy. Um, I was just checking out the Rally 2 situation, like Rally 2 quads and 
everybody where they sleep and then where I sleep it's so cramped so many people pretty gnarly we're all just sleeping on the ground um, I was saying maybe I sleep outside in the tent but I guess it's just gonna freeze overnight so yeah it's gonna be tough to sleep everybody's just we're all a bunch of kids we act so stupid and I think it'll be a long night I have some hammer nutrition sleeping pills that I'm gonna take I think it'll be good enough obviously wear the earplugs but yeah it's gnarly just heading to get some food from the catering tent with my friend Simon maybe find Matthew Dovies do some stretching and go to bed it's already 5:30, and yeah long long days on to get here never ending I'm tired thank you guys everybody's just getting beat up everybody's tired yeah everybody's just destroyed after that liaison you know and I, I i've always said i mean i'll take a 400 kilometer special any day over a 400 kilometer liaison i bet like, yeah uh, just pin it on a road is so grueling in such a non-fun way yeah and you're you're under a speed limit the whole time too so it's you know it's not like you can go faster and get there you have a usually 120 kilometer an hour speed limit mm-hmm. so you're sitting there going 60 mile an hour which feels pretty slow on a highway it's pretty slow on the highway especially when people are passing you at 200k yeah for hours and and you're trying to pass semi trucks and not you exceed the speed limit 60 yeah so you're gonna, you're gonna try to pass a semi and you're gonna be like Duh. so they they penalize you on a liaison speed limit as well oh yeah yeah you're you're under a speed speed limit at all times Basically on the liaison. Whatever, uh, and then when you come into a village or a town or something there the speed limit's lower and you can still you could still lose time on the liaison gosh i mean looking at looking forward at stage eight it, it's another big one man it's you know massive massive special 345 kilometers and then 380 kilometer liaison what? At the end. so a 380 kilometer liaison at the end of the special tomorrow yeah and and you know the the sad thing is it's <laughs> the same liaison back to riata so it's this same road that these these poor guys have already ridden you know twice back and forth with with a couple different sections thrown in but still so they're gonna jump back on that same road yeah where yesterday we're like now they're gonna have all those memories hitting them again so yeah yesterday this morning tomorrow they're just going back and forth on this road to nowhere yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's but okay stage eight 824 kilometers dude that's a big day I am scared for those guys. They'll be they'll be happy to to get to rest day. Rest day is going to be good, but sometimes you know those rest days are I don't know they kind of like take you out of the rhythm almost a little too much. Yeah, some guys react. You know, everyone reacts a little bit different to the to the rest day. Some guys you know really need the time to recover and, and feel better. Other guys would rather just keep it going, and you know so. We'll see. And it's also how you spend your time on rest day. Cause that time goes by real quick. Yeah. I think, uh, we've talked to them on our show, tried to catch them up. And they're like, this is all I do all day is media on the rest day. There's TV, mm-hmm. there's this journalist, there's this journalist. And then we're also bothering them. Yep. That's our job. So I think, 
The only other one we got to we got to kind of catch up with our with our Americans here. We we have uh, Jacob Aguibright, who's who's twenty fifth overall in the general. So so Jake's you know he's still hanging in there, and I think he's sixth or seventh in the Rally Two division. Yeah, you called it. You said he's going to be knocking on those top twenties pretty soon, and you expect a top ten finish from him at some point in this rally. But we do have a quote from him today. As you know, he was the uh, on course or in intent corresponded for us today with Paul. Uh, so here's Jake. He sent us this a little bit later after Paul went to sleep. What's up, Quinn and Jesse? Here's my recap for stage five, six, and seven. So stage five, um, good day. I started 24th and everything was good. I just rode well. Um, I started pushing more and more. I had one little scare with a piece of camel grass. And so I ended up backing it down just a little bit, but still, it was my best finish. I finished 19th, um, getting more comfy with the dunes. And then coming into stage six, um, you know, it was a little slow off the bat. Franco Kaimi caught me, and I started tucking in behind him, and I learned how to ride the dunes better. And we rode really well, um, and we got to the neutralization. And as soon as I left... I don't know if I broke the bottom of my chain guide or it wore it out, but basically, as soon as I left, I jumped a dune and the chain came off. So I put it back on, and it proceeded to come off another three or four times. And so it was just a struggle from there. So I ended up just finishing the last 50K, and I ended up 26th, which is is fine. It's still solid. Like, I'm still in the game. Everything's good. And then uh, today, since they canceled... uh, special seven we basically did a 467 liaison um to the uh to the one of the original bivouacs we were supposed to go to but it got rained out and that was easy it was fine everyone was warm and i'm currently in the media tent where they're putting all the rally two um competitors and it is a tight squeeze we have tables to set our stuff on and we are we are I mean, there's, I don't know how I'm going to walk out of here, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting night, but it's, it's been fun and I am looking forward to stage eight tomorrow. Um, a little bit shorter, you know, I start, I start further back, but I know the group in front of me and I think I can catch them. So I'm going to push a little bit and enjoy the day. So talk to you guys later. Yeah. Solid, solid stuff from Jake. Sounds like he's in good spirits, got plenty of energy and looking forward to pushing a little bit. Yeah, had some had some mechanical issues there, and and you know that's that's disappointing for him for sure. And I don't know if if his chain guide broke or if it was worn out or what, but uh, you know that that's always hard when when you have something like that happen throughout a stage, especially when you're you're feeling good and you know you you feel like you're moving forward. Plus, it's sketchy. You could throw that chain and cause more damage, and I bet yeah. that was. <laughs> nerve-wracking for him once he saw it pop off the first time you could throw the chain right through the cases and then that's the end of your rally that is true um no no dakar fantasy derby smack talk today other than all the smack talk i did yesterday is still relevant because i still beat everybody that i beat yesterday because there's no results today yeah i mean i don't know how many people you beat yesterday but okay like 10 or so it's not bad (laughs) So Dakar Fantasy Derby Stage 8 is open for picking. You've got 11 hours to uh, get all those picks in. We we extended the time a little bit so that, you know, you basically can pick right up to the start of the special stage. Uh, we also added a couple new features. Now when you click on a rider, 
the rider's image, you, you can see their finish from all the stages. So from the prologue all the way to current stage, you can see their previous finishes. So that gives you a little more information when you're, you're there making your picks. Use that to beat me. I yep. dare you. Chainslayer.com slash Dakar. Go sign up. Get in there. Don't forget to, to make your picks every day. We got some win some prizes, killer prizes going out here. We're, we're trying to get organized and get yeah. a list of this stuff up, but yeah, it, hasn't, we'll, it hasn't been easy these last couple of days. We'll get there. We'll get a, we'll get some PR out there on prizes and who's getting what as soon as we get a rest day, which is coming up. And that's right. And then, you know, other ways you can show your support, go to bivouacrally.com and definitely pick up a bivouac t-shirt yeah the bivouac t-shirt super cool it's got the the dakar rally dude rocking some headphones that's right we're throwing in some uh some cool stickers with that too with the yep. new bivouac logo on it so check that out check it out follow us on dakar rally daily instagram um it's easy to find just type those words in and it'll pop up with the same logo and uh we appreciate everybody sending us messages questions input on the show what you'd like to hear about who you'd like to hear about um it all helps us you know track some people down to talk to yeah for sure no i mean you know this is this has become more and more exciting and i think that you know the fantasy derby has has given everyone a little bit more appreciation of how difficult this race is to predict and how things are how things are shaking out for sure you know we're, we're super stoked to to that the engagement that this is that this is added to, to the event. And, you know, we got to thank, uh, Radic for, for, you know, basically don't donating his time to build this thing, creating this by hand. This is not a, this is not a, a, a money-making thing by any means. This is all, all about love the sport and, and engagement for, for you guys. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you so much Radic for, for doing all this work to, to make this happen. Yeah, we are really pumped and it's really, you know, like you said, making uh, me realize again how crazy the race is and how hard it is to predict. It's just really, really hard out there. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many variables to the race alone. It's just a guy getting through the stage cl- clean, but then also you have to get into the mind of the rider and and figure out what their strategy is and try to determine... What they want to happen, not necessarily yeah. what they can make happen. And then looking at a guy like Toby Price and uh, is he going to hold back today or is he going to uncork it and try to win the stage? And... So you're, you're looking at the, the strategies and, and the mental state of the rider and their physical health and everything else. So this is, is just super complicated, but super fascinating at the same time. Yeah. So thanks again, Radek. Thanks for everybody's playing. We got, you know, hundreds of people playing every day and it's really cool to see, um, that, you know, getting into that paid ranking is like my own little stage victory every day. It's like, I did it. I got some points. <laughs> small victories is what i count on these days very cool all right everybody thank you for listening that's our uh canceled stage seven show i guess we'll call it that stage eight tomorrow and then big uh big liaison at the end of the day for those poor guys as they cruise into the rest day which will be over in a flash but rest day show we're gonna make some plans for that try to get some special guests on the phone or even in person and see what we can come up with for entertaining content that day there we go i do do you have a do you have a prediction for tomorrow's stage? Oh yeah, I bet everybody's Jesse. wondering what I'm going to do. Yes, we should give them a little insight on how not to pick tomorrow. I get it. I get what you're, I see what you're saying. 
I see what you're saying. I mean, like you said, you could you could go with Toby. There's no reason he couldn't win tomorrow. I don't know. It's just the start order. He's starting in eighth tomorrow. I think stage seven. Oh, that's stage Toby's seven overall. In, Toby's starting in, in second, fourth tomorrow. Fourth tomorrow. Dang it. Hmm. I mean, I've got my guy. Of course you do. Who is it? But tell me who it is. I, I, I think there's no way you're going to be able to deny Daniel Sanders of a win tomorrow. Really? I think, you know, he's had enough time to recover from his stomach bug. He's starting eighth, sitting in a good spot, and I don't think anybody's going to ride faster than him. You think he's 100% Daniel? Well, does he have to be 100% Daniel to no, win? No, he doesn't need to be 100%. <laughs> he just needs to be Daniel. All right. Well, that's a pretty good ranking. So I'm, he's my guy, but don't forget, you you need to get multiple riders correct to increase your yeah coefficient in a way. Just so like the regular rally, there's a strategy here. You get paid 10 times your wager if you pick somebody's position exactly. Yep. And if you pick two guys correctly, it doubles your yes. wager. So doubles. And then if you get three guys correct, it triples. If you get four guys correct, it quadruples. Yeah. So the idea is to get more guys right and... Yeah. You know, otherwise I would just go all in on Daniel Sanders because sure. I think he's going to win. Okay. But no, I'm going to spread my money out throughout the top ten or so and see uh, see if you can see where the chips land. See if you can parlay this into some big victory. I haven't been I haven't been 100 percent on on this so far. I haven't I haven't gotten to the you know near the podium yet in this in this game. But I'm I'm watching real close to see what the guys that are winning stages are doing. Yeah, picking up on their strategies, and I'm I'm creating my own. Uh, I'm sure you'll little strategy it out. here. So we're gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can crack the top ten tomorrow. I really hope you don't. <laughs> I really hope you aren't on there, and none of the people you pick get any points. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about because that. I'm competitive. All right. I mean, I'm not that competitive if you look at my ranking, but in my brain, I'm competitive. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough. It's uh, enough nonsense. Chainslayer.com slash Dakar. Chat. Shit talking. <laughs> Enjoy. Get in Get in on the S talking, people, and join us. We'll talk to you tomorrow after this. Who knows what's happening, Stage 8. Later, everybody. <laughs>